beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. everybody welcome to chronicles abroad i'm nubia and i'm francis and today we have a couple that actually is new abroad so let's get with it so adrian is an overthinker and an obsessive planner who was learning to channel her imperfections into excellence adrian decided to trade in her high heels tight dress and now she is wearing pair sneakers and athletic wear In 2017, she made a commitment to prepare for a life-changing journey abroad. She sacrificed her career and financial stability, but in return, it gave her the opportunity to focus 100% on her travel and personal wellness. A year later, she sold her furniture, packed a bag, and booked a one-way ticket to travel across the world. And Chris joined in on the fun. So (laughs) Chris actually, um, he... Picked up a camera years ago, and like most of us, you know, we have these passions that we put on the shelf where we say we'll do it later, one day kind of thing. But he decided to take his craft more seriously and invest in himself. And now he's allowing himself to explore the unknown by taking a leap of faith to feed his creative hunger through photography. And now he's traveling the world with Adrian. And they are known as Black Pear Journey. Thank you, Adrian Chris, for being with us. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you, thank you. Great introduction. (laughs) I feel like you guys know us now. You know Adrian so well. (laughs) But we're glad to be here. Oh, appreciate it. Listen, let's jump into the story. What I'm curious to know is how long were you guys dating before somebody said, you want to move abroad? (laughs) Like, how did this happen? How did that even start? Great question. Yes. So... It's funny because usually the way that I see it is there's one person who has a burning desire to travel or do something different and they have to kind of try and convince the other person to see this whole situation the way that they see it. So me and Adrian were dating for about a year. One year it was yeah. one year. Yeah. And then we just randomly had a conversation and it actually started because I sent Adrian an Instagram video about remote year yeah mm-hmm. right and uh if you haven't heard of remote year basically what it is it's a program that uh, a company put together where you apply to it and if you get accepted they will travel with you around the world so it's like a contingent of like 60 to 100 people all of you guys travel together and you go travel abroad now with that you have to work for a company that allows you to work remote and you just get to travel and work in different places, which was pretty cool. You know, I sent it to Adrian because I thought it was a really neat video. And I was like, how awesome would it be to travel and work? Yeah, I also also had a friend that was doing remote year as well. And I was following his journey on Instagram and they started in Southeast Asia. 
And so just seeing his exposure, because I never thought about Asia. I just, it wasn't something that, a country that popped in my brain of I wanted to travel to. But when I seen his, like, seen his pictures on Instagram, I was just like, man, this just looks like a really neat place. I mean, all the culture, the nature, the beauty. Um, it was just something that really gravitated towards me. And the fact that remote year was kind of a cool idea, too, because I was in a job where I was working remote and it just seemed very attainable. So that's kind of when the first idea came up. Yeah. So it all started with the Instagram post or whatever, the, video, the, the, yeah. the Instagram video. And then it just, we had an offhand conversation where it was like, yeah, it would be really cool. And I was, and then I said, you know, yeah, I would love to travel and, you know, and work or whatever, just travel for, you know, long term. And Adrian followed up was like, yeah, I would love to do that as well. And I traveled abroad and studied abroad when I was in college, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. That's and me, but Chris yeah. didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's Adrian. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. I studied abroad in in college um, for about four months, and that was a really turning experience for me. And that was something that kind of always stuck with me. So I was just kind of like, I really want to continue to explore. But when you get out of college and you start your career you get stuck in that repetition. Like you just start working, you start grinding and you get caught up in that whole American society. About, you can't see the light. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't climb that ladder. You want to just keep climbing the ladder. You want to keep seeing yourself succeed. And then you get to a point where you're like, well, I can't take a break because if I do, that's going to be detrimental to my career. Or, you know, I'm at this age and I should be doing this, not be, you know, taking a sabbatical. So you start telling yourself things that you make excuses for why you can't do it. Exactly. So we had that conversation and then we followed that conversation up about a serious conversation. And this is where Adrian is awesome about. She was like, well, I wouldn't want to do that. And I was like, me too. <laughs> and she's like, all right, Adrian's a super planner. She uh, is very organized, very detail oriented, and she likes to create plans of actions of how to make things happen. So after we had that initial conversation, she started that you could just see the wheels start turning in her head. And she you know, like, all right, let's uh, figure out a way to do it. So we put together, uh, we put ourselves on a one year plan and we we're like, all right, let's see if we can make this happen in a year. Now, granted, a lot of stuff had to go down within that year in order for us to be doing what we're doing now. But Adrian, you know, mapped it out and she said, all right, one of the main things, right, is, all right, well, if you're traveling abroad and for me, I'm not working and Adrian isn't working either. So we're not working while we're abroad. So we had to make sure that we saved up enough money where we could travel mm -hmm. long term and not have to worry about the, you know, paying bills or et cetera. Mm -hmm. So we put together a budget. We did some research about, you know, what the cost of living is like in these other countries that we wanted to visit. Now, uh, thankful for us, you know, very awesome for us is the fact that Southeast Asia is very, very affordable. It is. Much more so than in America, in D.C., basically, where we were living. So that helped our budget a lot. Yeah. And um and taking a break, basically, we chose Southeast Asia because we knew if we were going to live off our savings, that would be a place where we could pretty much live long term and not have to worry about 
money or going outside our budget. Now we still have to be particularly like focused and make sure we don't overspend because it's still easy to do over here because you kind of get side, you get blinded by all the the nice things and you're like, oh, you know, getting my nails done only costs $12 or getting a massage is only $8 and you want to do it almost every day or every week. And yeah, it adds up. Yeah, it adds up and you have to be really cautious of that. So, you know, we try to stay focused, but Um, The actual original plan was to do the whole digital nomad thing or to work remotely. During that year of planning, uh, put a proposal together for my company, asking them to allow me to work remotely while I'm traveling abroad. Um, Because I do like the company I'm with, I do like my job, and I would love to have a little bit of source of income while being over here. But um, unfortunately, the proposal did not go through it almost did, but mainly because working on a Work tourist visa. Yeah, it came down to visas. Working on a tourist visa. And the legality of that. Exactly. And the company didn't want to be liable for that. And I completely understand that. And now being over here and hearing all the things with visas and people working and the issues at immigration, I'm kind of happy that it did not, um, we did not go that route, but they did approve my leave. So I am reported to go back in June and start up in my job again. So it worked out. And most people I think would immediately just go to, I'm just going to quit my job to travel. I think that's okay. And that's totally fine. But I think that if you really want to, you know, just see, you know, dip your toes in first, test out the the water and see if you even like traveling long term. You don't necessarily have to give up everything. You know, sometimes maybe, you know, try the other route, see if you can sublease your apartment um, or have someone, you know, storage your furniture or put a proposal together to um, maybe go on unpaid leave for a certain amount of time. You never know what you're going to get unless you ask. And sometimes that is just as okay. You could do the travel and then by the time eight months is up, you may be ready to go back and you may be ready to pursue your life again. And I think that's okay. So I wasn't fully 100% ready to give up everything. I took a different route. I decided to put things on hold just so I can pursue my passion of travel and give back to myself and do personal development. And so now when I go back, I will have my job there. I will have my apartment, still have my car. Um, (laughs) So I did, I did do things a little bit differently. I don't know if it was right or not. I will know when I get back, but at least I can kind of sit comfortably a little bit. So yeah, I mean, at least now you don't have to wonder, you know? So, Chris, we heard from Adrienne, and we know that she had a job that allowed her to work remotely or basically a job that will be there when she gets back. What about you and your career? Did you have to literally quit a job or did you have another situation like that where your job allowed you a sabbatical? You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. Awesome. Thanks for asking. So my situation is just a little bit different than Adrian. I was at a company and I'd been there for eight years since I had graduated college. It was an awesome company. I progressed well through it during my time there, got promoted three times. But there was something missing in terms of creativity that I didn't have a creative outlet that I wanted. So a few years back, I bought a camera and I started, you know, messing around with it, taking video and doing pictures. Fast forward a few years, I created a 
digital media company that you know I got an LLC for, and then that's, I started doing that on the side. So for this experience, what I basically did is I said, hey, you know, I'm going to end the terms with my job on good terms. So leave the door open. If I want to come back, I can come back to it, but I'm going to try something new and completely different. So I actually quit my job and ended on good terms and then started doing uh, videography, what I was doing on the side full time. So while I'm traveling abroad, I still have some clients back home that I work with and, you know, still uh, put together stuff for them. And then I've also been just practicing my skill set and really uh, investing in my own personal growth and doing things for Black Bear Journey, etc. So, yeah, that was that was my journey. A little bit different than Adrian. Mm-hmm. I took more of a leap of faith. But at the same time, I thought it was a calculated risk because where I'm at in my career, eight years in, I'm not a, um, I have experience, so I'm not going to come in with zero experience. And then also, I don't have super experience where I'm a senior and I'm, I price myself out of getting a job. So my career field, there's a lot of uh, opportunities. So yeah, he's more marketable. And I also think though, with Chris too, he has, he's identified a talent that he's super passionate about. And if that's the case, then I think, you know, go for it. Try, you know, try taking that risk and building your business. And if you're going to do it, you know, why not travel and do it? Because at least people who stay in America and try to build a business, it's tough because you're spending so much money and it's just cost of living alone takes a lot out of your investment. So to me, it's, it's more sensible to leave travel and kind of invest time into your business while you're doing that. Um, yeah. And you learn a little bit more, too. I mean, you're exposed to a lot more, so you learn. It's easier to perfect your craft. Yeah, it was, Adrian hit on a really good uh, point, is the fact that, like, going abroad and living in Southeast Asia, I've actually lowered uh, my costs significantly, right? So my operating costs are significantly lower here than they would be if I was to pursue my passion full-time over in the States. So I can get a job and, you know, make a get one or two jobs here and be fine with living with my living expenses, where in the States, I might need like six or seven uh, of the same scale jobs to just cover basic uh, costs. Mm -hmm. But you guys make a good point. So and we've seen this a lot. So first of all, you both have two different vantage points, you know, Adrian's the planner, and Chris is like, you know, just do this thing, you know. So we want to show people that both vantage points can actually work, like, you know, wherever uh, you're coming from. And I think when you move abroad or you try to live abroad temporarily, you do have the space and the opportunity to really reignite and get in touch with your creative side. And I think everybody has a creative bone in their body, and it could be channeled differently. But because you, you know, alleviated some of the stuff back home, you're able to be open and not have to be worried about certain things. So you can actually hone in on your craft even better. And I found that a lot of people who come abroad always pick up new skills. Like I was never a podcast editor, but I do that on the side, you know? (laughs) So you pick up all these skills and you find some hidden talents, talents that you probably wouldn't have found out about had you not taken the leap of faith. 
I love that you said that because absolutely true. I'm one of those people who always struggle with the word creativity. Chris knows. I always say I'm not creative because I'm just more of a process kind of person. I'm, I'm more into logistics. That's just kind of who I am. And, you know, he always would say, Adrian, you are creative. Like, you are creative. And I think, you know, being on this journey um, and traveling, now that I don't have you know, a specific routine, like get up, go to work, you know, work eight hours, come back, cook dinner and repeat, you know, the next morning, I have time to really kind of push myself, challenge myself a little bit more and try to pick up hobbies that I probably wouldn't have done at home. I like taking photographs. I'm not the greatest at it, but I'm learning, Um, you know, learning my camera, learning how to use not Photoshop, but uh, Mm -hmm. Lightroom on how to edit and make pictures better. I'm learning how to, you know, Squarespace, use Squarespace because we would like to launch our website here soon and just writing like I'm trying to get more into writing that's something that I've always loved I love how people blog and so I want to get into that I don't know if it would be something I do long term but it is something that I want to do while I am traveling because I I believe in routines I do believe in routines I think the humans need it and we need to not just not do anything with our day so I still need to feel like I'm filling my day and being um, successful and attaining a goal so that's kind of what I've done for myself while being on this travel which is cool and I have a personal question for you guys Were you two living together before you traveled together? Yeah, we were. Um, so Yeah, we started living together eight months before we started traveling. Because traveling with someone really a is a big deal, mm-hmm. especially traveling the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they say if you ever want to like find out if somebody is the one, your first date should be oh, yeah. travel, travel something. 100%. Travel really. Yeah, traveling definitely. <laughs> you spend so much isolated time with that one person. And it's, you know, it's it definitely shows you a different side because it's a level up from living with that same person. It is. And living with someone is a level up than just dating the person. So we've been progressively making the different next changes. steps. Yeah. <laughs> and so part of that plan was to, you know, cut costs where we could and to try and save money. One of the things that Adrian was spending a lot of money on, well, both of us were spending a lot of money on is, rent. you know, our rent. It's like, all right, well, let's pool our money together and both cut our costs in half if we live with each other. So, yeah, yeah. we did that. It was actually part of the planning of yeah. traveling was to move in with each other. Well, actually, it wasn't part of your plan because you didn't propose that. I, you remember? Yeah, I was actually, sh- I didn't propose it because, you know, as females, to ask your man, hey, you want to move in? It's it's kind of like, it's a tricky question. It's a dicey question because, if you, you know, it's a next step. So I'd rather it come from him because for me, that would have told me like, okay, he's ready for that next step. And it did. It came from him. So I was kind of shocked to hear him say like, hey, I'm willing to move in. And um, I think this would be good for us, you know, to first make sure that we can live with each other before we travel. And then to help with the financial side, which is cutting costs down uh, in terms of rent and expenses. That way we could save for this trip as well. Yeah. And it was it was a big change moving from dating to living with somebody. (laughs) And, um, you know, 
there there were their moments. Yeah, I was gonna say. That. Yeah, there were definitely their moments where you know we were at each other's throats, I guess. And Very in the beginning, especially. Yeah, it's an adjustment. It's, yeah, especially for you know me. I've been single for most of my twenties. I've lived on my own, you know, in D.C. for the last four years before I met him, and I was used to that independent style and. I thought I would be like, oh, yeah, someone move in. That'd be perfect. But it's different. It is so different, especially for someone who I like think my home a certain way. You know, I like to sometimes, I don't know, Chris probably likes to have his space more than I do. I like having people around, but I do like things to be in a certain order. And sometimes Chris will do it when he's ready to do it. (laughs) So, yeah. So let me ask you, you know, how has travel impacted your relationship as a couple you know whether it's shined light on certain things has it made you guys stronger i heard stories of couples they come abroad but they don't leave (laughs) abroad they don't leave you know together um and i've seen that happen how are you guys able to still remain connected uh that's a really good question and i think traveling has what they call like a honeymoon stage right like the first month is great. Like it's awesome and it's everything is so new, but you do reach that point where the honeymoon is over. And Chris and I have had that, you know, where we've kind of bump heads a little bit or, you know, we need space from each other or we just kind of easily can, you know, you spend a lot of time with each other. So it is going to be rocky. It is not easy for sure. Um, I think the way we handle that is by, especially here in Chiang Mai, we know the area, we're much more comfortable, we do have our own friends, so it's easier to split apart here. So we really utilize that time to try to split up and do things on our own. You know, do anything to find that space. But it is tough when you travel because not every country you can do that, um, where you can separate, at least from what I know, like I, I'm not always comfortable with completely separating right away. Um, but Chiang Mai, we felt that comfort um, and we felt that feeling where we could we can separate here and we can do our things on our own. Yeah, Adrian brings up a good point. Having that time to yourself is really key. I, I think something that has really been uh, great for us as a couple. Uh, we're not going to stay as long as we did in Chiang Mai. So it's going to be really more of a, you know, visit around and and see so more it might backpacking be style. yeah more backpacking style so it might be uh that's the challenge that we're going to you know see where it is but one thing for us is no matter how hard how mad we get with each other and how big of an argument we have the good thing with adrian the good thing with me is we don't hold grudges so mm-hmm. we might be mad for a few hours and but then after that we talk about it and we hash out our feelings and and uh, we move forward Communication is definitely the second biggest thing. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, communication is, you really just have to have that on, on point. And, and you can learn about each other, you know what I mean, over time and, and things of that nature. So, and this leads me into wanted to talk a little bit more about your site, Black Pear Journey. How did that name come about, by the way? Uh, question. <laughs> uh, coming up with a name is hard. Uh, we've actually, you know, we had like a little white, I don't know what you white call board. it. A whiteboard and a bunch of sticky notes. And we were just like throwing information we knew pair, pair, P-E-A-R. We wanted that in our our name. And um, I kind of have this, like, it's it's a fruit that, well, one, pair, I've always kind of been attached to that word because 
I'm shaped like a pear. Uh, if you see my body type, I'm shaped like a pear. So I've always liked that word. It's kind of a word that I've always like symbolized with. But if you always heard perfect pear, instead of using P-A-A-I-R, um, which means set of two, we wanted a word that symbolized one because we are not, we're, we're here on a journey together. We're not here traveling separately. So we wanted a word that would symbolize two people um, as one. And so we chose the fruit pear. Um, and then black pear, because we are a black couple and we want to be able to target black travelers, young black travelers, young black couples who are kind of in the same situation as us that are mid-career um, that is having a hard time separating from, you know, the American society of work, 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 and that, but has this deeper passion to explore um, and wants to get out there and see something different, but doesn't know where, you know, exactly know where to start. So we kind of want to be those people that bring the adventure out, you know, show people what it is like to leave your jobs behind and explore and um, see different parts of the world. And a lot of people, a lot of our friends, especially, are not as familiar with Southeast Asia. We became familiar with it because we've done a lot of research on it. We've started watching YouTube videos. But there are still a lot of people who are not familiar. And when they think of Asia or they think of, you know, Thailand or Vietnam and these other areas, they probably don't really see some of the things how it's not westernized but it is still very a country that you can still adapt well in you know we want to expose these countries and show them that hey these countries are very much livable and you can very much so adapt in these countries and backpack and do everything that white travelers are doing so that's kind of where the black pair came in because we want to make sure we target more black travelers and black couples and then of course journey journey this is our journey Maybe in the future, we hope to also share other people's journey as well. So um, we're still working on the king, still working everything out, but we hope to go live with our website here very soon. No, I love it. I mean, it's great that, and this is the whole point all this exists, is to, you know, really share those stories, show what's really out there and demystify all the fears and things about travel. Uh, so what's next for you guys? I know you guys have a bit of itinerary planned. So what, what do you have lined up? What do you have planned? Yeah, so for the next few months, the first half of our trip, which we're unwinding on, was a lot more slower pace. And it was really nice. So we just went to Bangkok, Thailand, and Cambodia for the first two and a half months. And now this next, the back half of our trip is where we really gear things up. And we're going to be moving around quite a bit. And then right after that, go hit Phuket and the islands down there, then uh, head off to Hong Kong and check out Hong Kong. And then that's when uh, we're going to leave them. And then we're really going to take our tour of the southern island or the islands of uh, Thailand. Yeah, so we haven't made it down there yet. Yeah. We've been mostly taking our time in North Thailand. So we're mm -hmm. going to tour the southern region. We're going to go check out Vietnam. From south, from Ho Chi Minh City all the way up to Hanoi. Yeah. And probably, hopefully do a trek in Sapa. Yep. And uh, one of the things that I really want to do is just rent motorbikes out there and just drive and see the beautiful countryside, etc. Because from everything that I hear, uh, motorcycle ride in Vietnam is just amazing. Yeah. And then we plan on going to the Philippines. Yep. And checking them out, as well as maybe Malaysia. Malaysia, yeah. Philippines, we'll hop around a little bit. Probably going to take a full month to do the Philippines. We'll be in Malaysia. We haven't decided which part of Malaysia. 
we've heard a lot of great things about Penang. Um, so we may go to Penang. Yeah, Penang's really good. Yeah, yeah, I hear it's amazing. So I want to check that out. KL. And uh, of course, you know, Singapore outside of Malaysia, we may go to Singapore for a few days just to say that we've been there. I hear it's an amazing country. Definitely going to go to Singapore. Yeah. And then um, I've also heard great things about Borneo as well. So we may see. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we want to, I haven't gotten to that part of the planning yet, but eventually we'll. um, And then I'm going to be turning 30 and we're going to be spending that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she's such a homie. My apologies. Oh, that's great. You'll have to- Where do you want to spend your 30th? In Bali. Yeah, nice, nice. So, I mean, what's um, yeah, what's great about it is that the world is your oyster. Once you cross over those waters, you realize, okay, I can really just go literally anywhere, anywhere. that I want to go. And yeah. um, it's a yeah. great feeling because I know for me, that wasn't a feeling that I had before I started traveling abroad. I didn't feel like I could go anywhere and everywhere. But now that I have, it's just, it's automatic now. And it's... Yeah. something i wish everybody who wants to do this could feel you know yeah uh, and i completely agree and it's like when i was in america you know you get kind of like sidetracked with like the little trips uh which there's nothing wrong but you know all your friends were like oh let's go to vegas and let's go to miami and oh international i'm gonna go to dominican republic you know yeah. two hour flight from miami go to dominican republic so like a lot of my travel before this trip was, you know, I went a, a bunch of places, but they were all like localized. Mm-hmm. So like all of the islands, etc. You know, now that we're on this side of the world, as you see, it, it really opens up your eyes and you're like, oh, yeah, I can go wherever yeah. in the world that I want to. It's nice to get your passport nice and filled up. Yeah, our passports <laughs> are getting stamped. We're going to uh, need to buy new pages. Yeah. And then cool. it's also a lot cheaper to fly places here than it was in America. Like, that's one of the great things about Southeast Asia is like you can get a flight from, you know, Thailand to another country for a hundred bucks. Less than that. Less than that. Yeah, less than that. No, seriously, it's, it's great. But what kind of advice would you have for new couples, right? Because had you not, Chris, just, was it jokingly? Or just, just kind of like- flow. I mean, it's, he's like, all right, you know, let's do this. Yeah, like how would you approach a new couple who would like to potentially try something like this? Because I think it's easier for some people like us, right? Because we're solo. We don't have that other personality to worry about or anybody to ask. But when you're in a relationship, you do have to take into consideration other people. So what do you guys say to other young couples that are, you know, less than five years together who potentially might want to take the leap of faith? So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. No, that's a great question. That's definitely a great question. Uh, So for me, some advice that I would have is, to have that conversation, to let the other person know that, you know, this is something that's on your mind. And the great thing about Adrian is she is a planner. I'm more free flow. All right. 
let's not just say it. Let's make it happen. So one advice is to put together a plan. We gave ourselves a year in order to put together that plan of, you know, saving money. One thing I would recommend is don't try and plan everything out after you go. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, plan out the whole plan to get there. But, you know, leave some room for flexibility, uh, flexibility mm-hmm. uh, for your travels. And because that's the one thing that we found out personally mm-hmm. and as well from other travelers as well is like it works really well when you just allow it, like have some type of uh, rigidity and uh, like ideals of what you want to do before you go. But don't have all of the dots uh, dotted. Yeah. You know, have some flexibility for what, how you do it. And right. The time frames that you spend there. Because well, once you get here, you yeah. d- you don't know. Like you'll get here, you may start talking to people, and then before you know it, different ideas start coming up, and you're like, oh, we could do this, or oh, we could do that, and that's already starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Or start finding out like, oh, this is not a good time to go somewhere. Like I going to Vietnam the first week, it's Chinese New Year, and it's first like week of February. E- everything is going to be shut down. I'm like, oh crap, that's like exactly the same time we're supposed to go. So you want to definitely have fluidity. But I think another thing what I would advise new couples is to um, before they leave, one of the things that Chris and I used to do is we would listen to podcasts together. Yeah. So that way we can kind of learn from other experiences, learn from other experiences and learn together because Mm -hmm. me being the planner, I'm mostly doing a lot of the research. So I don't know what Chris is doing and what kind of research he's doing. So I think listening to podcasts anytime we're in the car together or if we're on a small road trip, it kind of helped us learn and get prepared together. And I think that's a great way. Like listening to Chronicles Abroad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like a podcast like that. Exactly. I think you should definitely, um, because listening to podcasts like this, especially listening to other couples' experiences, makes it a it lot of fun. It prepares you for what you're going to experience. And then one thing that I would recommend for when couples are starting to plan. And a few minutes ago, I said, you don't have to have everything planned out. But one thing that Adrian did that I thought was really good, and I would recommend it, especially when you're trying to figure out where you want to go, is research the seasons of when to go with the weather plans. You want to make sure that you're not going to Thailand during the wet season and it's going to rain the whole time that you're there. Yeah, You know, you want to, Adrian, this is how she started her plan. She was like, all right, we're going to Southeast Asia. We want to visit these countries. Let's see when the best time to visit these countries are with weather wise. So we don't have to, you know, sit through monsoon season and we can't do any activities because it's raining every day. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just going to be unbearably hot here. So, yeah. you know, so that was that's one practical piece of advice I would give to couples planning the trip. Yeah. If you if you're big about. Like, I don't mind traveling in high season. Some travelers don't like high season because of all the tourists. I'd rather deal with tourists than deal with canceled flights or being flooded out or whatever, or dealing with a natural disaster. i just rather <laughs> deal with tourists. So I definitely will put in looking at weather. Like, I think it's, it's important. I'm actually surprised a lot of people don't do that. But if you're a type that says, you know what, I'd rather travel when it's cheaper, I don't mind some rain, then that's totally fine too. I think either one works. Um, but that is something that I did to help prepare. Yeah. And, prepare and, and with that, the high season. So if you do book the better times, there will be a little higher price. So you pay a little premium for yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But not that much of a premium because everything's so cheap here. Yeah, yeah. And I think the last thing, too, as a couple to prepare is ask each other, what do you like to do? 
because I think you get caught up into what you want to do. And I think as a couple, you need to really communicate and figure out what does the other person want to do? And you have to be willing to compromise. Um, and that's something that we're learning on this trip is compromising because there are going to be times where you're, you don't want to do something or you're scared out of your life, like riding a moped or riding a scooter, but your partner wants to do it. And that's the top thing on their list. You're going to have to learn how to like step outside of your comfort zone and learn how to compromise. And there are going to be other times yeah. where your partner's like, this is completely boring and I don't want to do this. But because, you know, you are together, you're traveling together, you have to learn how to kind of give and take and choose your battles wisely, if that makes sense. So no, that makes perfect sense. Because I mean, at the end of the day, as a couple, you have to compromise to a certain degree, you know, give and take that sort of thing and um, find a reach a happy medium. So it makes perfect sense. I think those are pretty much the three biggest things that we, you know, stuck to to make this work. Now we're still in the beginning of our process. And <laughs> Hopefully we are a success story, but I'm sure we will be. It's not easy to any couple out there listening. It is not easy. It does take work. But think of this as another chapter of your relationship. And if you can overcome traveling together, I mean, I think it's it's one of the biggest challenges in making a relationship work. So I think it, I highly recommend it to, to couples out there. I mean, you guys are doing it. So and it looks like you're happily doing it. You know, nothing's perfect but it's not supposed to be. Uh, but that's where all that growth comes from, right? It's from those insightful moments. Guys, how can people reach you and find you and, and check out your journeys? Yes, so you can find us on all social media channels at Black Pear Journey. And that's spelled um, B-L-A-C-K, Pear, P-E-A-R, Journey. Right now we are live on Instagram at Black Pear Journey our website blackpairjourney.com and then also uh chris is also putting together our youtube channel as well awesome well we're excited can't wait to see the the website and definitely subscribe to the youtube channel yeah well thank you both for being with us we really appreciate you talking to us about your insights and about your personal life and how it's impacted you so far and adrian thank you so much because i think that people who are afraid of getting rid of that stability you gave them kind of a different way of looking at it right like sabbatical or even creating a proposal and presenting that to your job first just different means of doing it and chris i want to say thank you because you're going to resonate with people about really supporting their own passions and investing Mm -hmm. in themselves and that's so important so you both are awesome i am blessed to have cross paths with both of you and i just wanted to say thank you again yeah thank you guys for being on the show this was amazing thank Thank you you guys so much for extending the offer and uh definitely if you guys want to hear us our journey further along and give you guys updates uh we'd be happy to do that as well yeah and and thank you for this opportunity because like i said i love podcasts so i was super excited to be um invited to to yeah this is our this is our first uh podcast that we're actually on your first not your last (laughs) yeah it's not the last Exactly. But thank you again. Appreciate you guys. We will definitely be following your journey and maybe even, you know, do some cross promotion maybe when you start getting into your blog writing. Perfect. I'm always up for having people share their blogs on Chronicles Abroad. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.
Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.